from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to another edition of the Other Kind Radio Talk Radio. I'm Jeff. Todd will be on in a moment. The other returning kind listeners are welcome back. Thank you for your continued support. We love that you are here. First time listeners are congratulated on finding us amongst the plethora of podcasts that are out there. The other kind the Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast that takes pop culture, puts it in a bright blue transparent box, and delivers it to your auditory system. And that makes no sense. Uh, as always, we encourage all of our listeners to like, subscribe to the show. By doing that, you're uh, help feeding the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in its gravitational pull. Uh, before we get things started, uh, I do have a couple of birthday Happy birthday wishes. Today, on this actual day, my father is turning 70. So, happy birthday, Pop. And then this past Friday, the lovely Catherine, it was her birthday, and she turned... Wait. She turned... <sighs> that's weird. Pop turned 70. Catherine turned... That's weird. I gotta. That must be a software glare. Let me try... Uh, Catherine turned... Nope, still didn't work. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we'll just leave that in the uh, in the department. Anyway, happy birthday to both of them. We went out last night, had a lovely dinner here in Omaha at Ahmad's. It was uh, wonderful, and uh, I encourage any kind listener that likes uh, Persian food to check it out. On this week's show, we've got a few things to talk about, some big announcements. Uh, first of all, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Robert Forster, who uh, who just passed away. Uh, probably one of the most, my favorite actors that's out there. Probably one of the, my favorite uh, unknown actors that are out there. Um, I am going to start a challenge this week. We are quickly getting in and getting very close to 10,000 listens to the podcast. So I'm going to challenge myself, and I'm going to run a 10K. So 10,000 listeners, Jeff's going to run a 10K. That's uh, 6.2 miles. So I've downloaded the Couch to 10K app, and we'll be giving you updates on how that goes. Uh, Jeff's Judgment's going to be on Ghost Recon Point Break. Uh, Todd's take on is going to be... Uh, on the State Fair of Texas, and on center stage, we are going to talk about the Netflix. Um, that's the wrong one. Start out the show with the wrong sounder. That's always good. We're going to talk about Netflix's uh, movie El Camino, which was kind of the closing chapter on Breaking Bad. But before we get into all that, let's get my podcast partner on the show. He is a Family generator, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man live from his studio in the great state of Texas and delivering the significance of the number 67. Because as I didn't mention at the beginning of the show, this is episode 67. Please welcome Todd. Hi, everybody. <laughs> the kids like it. I love the kids. The kids are always so sweet when I come on. I, I'm really... I, I'm a little bit in awe of Catherine that she has finally found the age that when you turn it, it's an automatic cuss word. 
Yeah, I guess. Or it, it's just keeping it secret. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. But I, I want my my age from now on to be taught as whatever. Beep. And yeah. It just well, it sounds like I'm cussing. You're like 50, 52, 53. I'm 52. I'll be 53 in just over a month. Todd is 52. Catherine is. Nah, I thought maybe that would make it work, but it's not. Well, maybe in the significance of the number 67, I'll find that it says that's Catherine's age. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's going to hate me. No, no, no. So yep. let's play with the number 67. Are you yep. ready to do that? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Let's run down the list here. In mathematics, the 19th prime number is 67. In astronomy, well, that one's, you know what? Uh, the Messier object M67, a magnitude 7.5 open cluster in the constellation Cancer. Cancer is related to obviously sixty-seven. All right. Um, wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, we get down to music, and none of these are interesting. So I'm at least gonna go with a band I somewhat like. Okay. Chicago's song questions sixty-seven and sixty-eight. Uh, and boy, we get down to let's look at sports. Wow, none of these are interesting either. I hate to say this is going to be not an interesting show because 67 is boring. Oh, and there it is. That is how old Catherine is. There we go. We at least wrapped it up. You know, not all numbers are created equal. Uh, I'm just worried that when we're going to get to 69, that um, that could go. Oh, I can't wait for that. That could, that could go seriously wrong. I'm going to read everything from my list about that number. We're just going to completely, that whole episode is going to be about the number 69. Right, right. And yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, uh, everything on that show. Amen. Uh, so, uh, one thing I just was going to bring up that, uh, actually is your, your take on, um, is the state fair of Texas. You're obviously going there today. We're, uh, wanting to make sure we get you out there on time, but before we get to Todd's take on, um, it was, it was kind of weird because I was watching Center Stage El Camino, and um, right after I finished it, I learned that uh, Robert Forster died. Yeah, that, you know, I think I learned right, bef right before I watched, in fact, the, the night before. And the funny thing was, I forgot he was in El Camino. So when he popped up and I went, oh. Yeah, yeah. Great character actor. I pulled up his bio on IMDb. I mean, this is a man that his credits began in 1967. Wow. And we are talking, he worked solidly all the way through. He, he was in, he was in Jackie Brown. Yep. Um, the place where I fell in love with him, there was a TV uh, adaptation of the Karen Sisko character from, I think James, oh, not James Elroy. Uh, I never, I never can remember the other author's name, but it's it, one of his characters. Mm -hmm. Carly Gojano was on there is the daughter and he played the, the dad and he was just amazing in that. Wow. One of those, one of those character actors that always puts, even though maybe a small part, sure, it's depth behind yeah. it. Yeah, and and, and to so, to watch that, watch El Camino, and then see that because the character he plays in in Breaking Bad and then El Camino was just just great. And of course, it was one of my favorite scenes. But I don't want to jump ahead. So nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so um, the other thing I mentioned in the beginning is I am I'm I'm challenging myself. I've been out of shape. Uh, uh, for a number of years. Um, and I figured what better way to celebrate the 10,000th listen of the other kind of radio, um, than to go ahead and run a 10 K. So I downloaded the app and I'll start doing that. Uh, I had grandiose dreams of playing some, you know, some Rocky theme music and everything. And then I realized we might get in trouble with copyright. So there's no huge fanfare, but I will keep you, uh, Todd and the kind listener up to date for my 10 K couch to 10 K. 
it says like I should be able to run it in like December. So uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. That's a word of warning to you. You know, I, I used to be a runner. And then when I started training to do a 10K, I herniated discs mm-hmm. on my back and, you know, I'd never made it. So I, just a warning, Jeff, just, just letting you know what happened to me. It's not what's going to happen to you. Right. Well, it doesn't kill us. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take it. I am going to. That's actually a good point because the times that I've run and then stopped and then started again, I have a tendency to overdo it. So I'm literally going to do what's in this app where you put in your weight and your age and everything. And it's like the first day um, it wants me to like walk, run 15 minutes. So it's I'm like, I can do that. But I'm going to just stick to it go nice and slow, ease the body into it. And uh, there you go. Um, so I'll, I'll keep the kind listener, everybody up to date on that. And, uh, let's go ahead now moving right along and get the projector fired up. Ah, uh, it's been a while since we heard it. That means it's time for Todd's take on Todd. What's your take on this week? Well, as Jeff already teased, it is about the state fair of Texas, which kicked off a couple of weeks ago. And I, I've told everyone that my wife is not just a fan it she is truly a fanatic in fact when we got married she told me you know that this means you have to go to the state fair of texas every year and i'm like well you know that means you got to go to every concert movie i want you to go to because this is not my gig but so we end up going every year and, and now it's a tradition we have a lot of fun we've only been once this year and as jeff said we're about to leave uh today and go again so the state fair of texas for anybody that doesn't know is obviously just a, t- a state fair they have the iconic big text that greets you in the middle of the thing and speaks to you like howdy hey, folks welcome uh, to the state fair of texas and you know big text got fire a couple years ago right it was then a long time yeah, ago no he it was probably about five years ago now at least um and then sadly um i used to know one of the voices of big text and he passed away this year oh very gentle giant sweet man named bill bill bragg just a super nice guy um but it's the state fair of texas is just a fun you walk around and you you do things but mainly what you do is you eat food i have a question i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt your flow go, go. so obviously i lived in in dallas for 16 years and went to the state fair a total of zero times so that's on me <laughs> that's my fault um but the voice of big tex is, is that person sitting so you have this like what it's like 30 foot tall text that mm-hmm. waves and says hi to everybody is that done live so does he see people in like you in the yellow shirt you know no, he doesn't do okay. that but you know it, it's kind of funny because I, I i never knew if it was done live either until my friend bill became the voice and uh when abby was a little girl we stopped by so she could meet him and, and the funny thing about bill was bill was truly a giant of a dude i would yeah. guess is maybe six foot seven and he was big thick dude so he almost looked like and he dressed like he wore the cowboy hat they have a booth that is right across from it and they sit there and do them i don't understand why they don't record it and just have it you know yeah. on a schedule playback okay. and it automate because you know he sits over here and does it and the mouth moves a little bit and the hand waves <laughs> I don't know the significance. Maybe if somebody's not selling enough tacos, they come and go, howdy, folks. Big Tech's wants you to know that somebody needs to sell some tacos. That would be, I would have a blast doing that. I would be like, welcome to the State Fair of Texas. Today, Catherine turned. Oh, shit. I I was going to try to trick it in there. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. So back to the food. Yes, the food. I've heard so much about the food. Yeah. And so when we went early this year, we, 
we lucked out and it's, this is, I am not trying to offend the church going crowd, but the best time to go, if you want to go to the Texas yeah. <laughs> state fair is to go when people are in church. And Where big um, tech says everybody here's going to hell. Yes, they do. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I got my ticket punched right when I walked in. Um, so you walk in there and we did not do a lot of food eating that first day right. simply because none of us, uh, you know, the thing is, is most of this stuff is fried foods. And so we, we were not super excited about it, but I mean, some of the things that you have, um, I'm looking at this, I've got Fernie's fried burnt end burrito, <laughs> Texas cream corn casserole fritters, Southern fried chicken fettuccine Alfredo bowl, oh, which oh. my God, that sounds like vomit. Oh my God. Um, big red chicken bread, which is literally a, it's, it's, it's cute because they've got a chicken wing that's fried and they put little sunglasses on it, but it's sitting on top of a donut that is fried with big red sauce on it. Uh. Fried Bayou fruit bites. But the, the cool thing is, is they also though pick winners of all these things. Right, right, right. You can just choose some. So I've already mentioned the, the big red chicken bread, that one, one of the, uh, the, all it says is the Big Tech's Choice Award. Oh, there it is. It's the best taste sweet. Uh, they have the most creative, which was the Flamingo Tango, which I just got to say looks gross. <laughs> the best taste savory was, and I'm actually intrigued by this, Ruth's Stuffed Fried Taco Cone. And it's not just a taco with regular meat. They put barbacoa in it, which if, in, if mm. our, our kind listeners are not familiar, barbacoa being the, the meat from the face of the cow. And if it's done right, it is very tasty. The cheek. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> the cheek of the cow. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. They don't. They don't take like you know <laughs> the the forehead and right. I don't know that there's much meat there. And that would be yeah. But anyway, you know, it, it, it's kind of the same thing every year. They somebody fries up something. You have some fun. But it's here's the thing. It's fun to walk around with my girls. There's always music there. Um, it's just a fun time. Well, can you do can you do myself and the kind listener a solid? And take notes, and and next week let us know what your favorite was. Maybe what the, your favorite, what your wife's favorite, and your daughter's was. You got it. I'd be uh, happy to do that, I'm Jeff. Kind, I'm kind of I'm I you know again I was there for 16 years. It was on me, but um, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what it is because they do come up with some pretty creative stuff. And 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 for those people that win those those categories, I mean it's the big news. They pretty much are you know that's guaranteed some some. Monday, wherever they are. are, are these restaurant owners or, or are they just, I, I don't really know how they end up doing that. You know, it's because we go so often, we'll, we'll be cordial and speak to the people. And I've asked them questions about that. I've never asked that. So I will oh. ask what they do, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if it's a winner that, that is uh, approachable, like this taco, I have a feeling because people love tacos and yeah. it's something you can easily eat. I imagine you just look and the lines are long and you're giving your tickets, which stand in for money. Oh, there you go. And they're just raking the crap in. Now, there was one that won something one year that had lobster in it and you walked up and it was about six times the normal amount of tickets. And I was like, screw that. <laughs> I don't need that. But let me ask you, you asked me that favor. Here's my favor to you. All right. When you can sometime schedule a business trip during the state fair of Texas and come go with us. And what we'll do is we'll walk around with a recorder and oh, we'll absolutely. get your thoughts at the state fair. I, I let's we'll try and schedule that for uh, next year for sure. Okay. Uh, that sounds good. We'll do that. Guaranteed. All right. Anything else? Nope. Nope. Just uh, getting ready to put on my walking shoes. Cause my feet will be tired at the <laughs> end of today. Oh, 
Lord. I'm gonna I'm gonna get these cues. I actually had a kind listener ask me if I do that on purpose. I kind of think you do too. And I no, I don't. I I'm that bad. <laughs> you would be much funnier if you said it was intentional. <laughs> right. All right. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for your Todd's take on the Texas State Fair. Jeff's Judgment, real quick, is going to be on a game that's been uh, out for a week or so that I've got a couple hours playing, and that's the uh, new Ghost Recon Point Break. Ghost Recon is a game that has been around for quite some time, and it's a game that's built on stealth mechanics and, uh, you know, go in and rescue people or whatever. And the main goal isn't necessarily to go in with guns blazing, but maybe kind of do more of a quiet uh, operation. And... Um, Point Break has is, is come out, so I've got a few a few pros and cons. Uh, pros, uh, the map is huge. It is ginormous. Uh, you definitely have to use vehicles to get around on this map. Um, it's fun to play with a, a friend. Kind listener Tree and I have been playing together, and, and it is fun to go on missions together. Uh, and the other pro I've got is they do have customizable uh, weapons and, and character items. There's a lot of depth here uh, for, the, for the person that wants to spend $60 on a game. There's uh, definitely tons of hours of play. Uh, On to the cons. Part of the con is the map is huge. Uh, Getting from point A to point B. Sometimes it's uh, a tree will say, I'm going to get up and make a sandwich while I'm flying the helicopter. And when he comes back, we're just now getting ready to land. So it's a little too big. Um, The auto cover can be frustrating. If you get near an object, it'll try and automatically put you in cover. And if you're trying to run or do something, it can be a uh, a little disorienting. Uh, gear upgrades can be confusing, right? So like one of the things I got early on was this really cool looking helmet <clears throat> and each item of, of weapon and or armor has a rating, right? So that's how protected you are. So, I mean, this thing was pretty solid looking. And then I picked up a backwards baseball cap that was 14 points higher for armor than this helmet. And I thought, well, that's weird because obviously a helmet's going to protect you more than a ball cap. So... That, that gets a little confusing because some of the other weapons do that as well. And then lastly, the mission updates are a little weird. You'll be running around, you'll complete a part of your mission, and you're trying to figure out where to go next. And the game requires you to go in and read updates inside the game before you can continue on to your next point of interest, which, I mean, I guess is okay. And I understand they're like kind of giving you a dossier or an update on the, on the mission, but it really slows things down when you've got to go find where this, you know, particular, because there's a whole bunch of missions. You got to find that mission. You got to find the little area that you have to read or scroll through. So it resets and then tells you where to go next. So that, I mean, and I could be, I that could be whining a bit on that, but uh, you know, I'm ready to run around and get in helicopters and stuff like that. And trying to hunt down where you're supposed to go next can be a real, real pain in the behind. I do recommend it, though, uh, for those gamers out there that have some friends. Uh, I, I think you can get up to a team of four, which would be a lot of fun. But whereas I'm uh, limited friend-wise, I've only done duos, but that was fun as well. So for uh, $59.99, I would pick up Ghost Recon Point Break um, at your local video game store. All right, that's Jeff's judgment on a uh, little video game talk. We're going to move on. Uh, we're going to keep things rocking and rolling here uh, to uh, the main topic, which is uh, something that I was, it was Friday night and uh, Catherine, who just turned, I tried anyway, uh, Catherine fell asleep on the couch because um, she wanted to watch the rest of Goliath. 
and we literally got past the credits and she was snoring out. So I kind of watched. I didn't want to disturb in case she woke up and saw that I changed the channel. But then I popped on uh, social media and saw that El Camino had been released. And so I was just giddy and um, immediately jumped on that. So that's center stage day. We're going to talk about the, I guess, could be the final chapter. I, I don't know if they left it open or not. For those that are listening that either haven't watched all of Breaking Bad or are thinking of watching it, this will contain spoilers. Um, so you may want to watch it and then check back with us uh, once uh, you've seen this. So I'm really excited to talk to Todd about this. I know I was excited about the Joker, but I'm a little more excited about this one. Speaking of which, did notice that on the headlines, Todd, um, or through the news I was looking at today, uh, Joker's still going strong. It's beating out that horrible Will Smith movie, Gemini Man, and it's holding on. I think we also had Adam's Family come out, and it's still beating it. So it's still rocking and rolling there, which I know you know we were hoping would happen, but you had indicated that you thought maybe it was going to drop off. Well, I think the good thing for it there is that Gemini Man, despite being made by Ang- the, the wonderful director Ang Lee, got horrific reviews, and so people are not going to waste their money on going. Adam's Family is, you know, a family movie. Yeah. It's not- probably not going to have the immediate pull because it's not something that's hip and hot right now, but it'll have long lasting effect at the box office. So that's good to know that Joker, you know, is going to win by default simply because number one, it doesn't have a lot of competition, but I do think the word's gotten out. That yeah. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was glad to see that as well. Me too. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk about it. I was just giddy with, with just trying to take notes and figure out what I was going to mention today. Um, when, when did you see it? What was your situation? Well, my situation was that I didn't recall that it was coming out either. And I usually do a pretty good job right. of with dates. And I think it was when you pinged me and said, El Camino, Sunday, something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> and so I go look and I'm like, well, I'll be damned. It's out. So I, I like any Breaking Bad fanatic, was ecstatic to know that they were going to do a continuation in this world. Because, I mean, you, you look at how not only how good Breaking Bad is, but how exceptional Better Call Saul is. Yes. And Vince Gilligan, the creator of of Breaking Bad and his team, understand completely, hey, you can make further continuations. You just have to give characters something to do. That's kind of where a lot of this stuff usually goes down the toilet. You you don't give the character any reason for being there. Um, So, And also, tail of the tape for this. Yeah, I was just going to say that. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, uh, tells the following story. After escaping Jack and his gang, Jesse Pinkman goes on the run from the police and tries to escape his own inner turmoil. Um, Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad, both wrote and directed it. It stars Aaron Paul and numerous people from the Breaking Bad family throughout this film. Yeah, I, the, I and I thought the in the, when they inserted and placed those characters throughout this story... I thought it was done perfectly. Um, I was, of course, talking to Catherine and anybody else that would listen about this. And, and I, I likened it to balancing something on like the tip of a ballpoint pen. I, it just was perfectly balanced when it came to it. Um, you know, you start out with the opening scenes uh, where, you know, he's he's getting out. He, he runs into it. He goes to, uh, to his two old friends, the real skinny dude and the other guy. And they're right where we thought they would be, which was playing video games and calling each other, you know, names and making fun of each other, which I thought that was a great scene. Um, And then, of course, he shows up and then, you know, he's obviously very traumatized from being locked in the cage and breaking out and everything. And it felt 
just again, well-paced. It was like established. And so one of the questions I had when I was watching, especially the beginning, beginning of it for, um, for you uh, was, I mean, how, I, I, obviously it's Vince and he's, and he's, he's picking it right back up, but man, you talk about good writing and just in some pacing, just to, just to pick it up and go. Um, I mean, how do you ensure that happens? I mean, is it, is it a team of writers? Is it something he fell into? He must've spent a lot of time thinking about it. You know, I'm looking at this and, and so far all, nope. The only writing credit that you, that IMDB has is Vince Gilligan himself. Wow. And I think, I think most likely Vince Gilligan had this in his mind as far as, you know, the, the way Breaking Bad ends is we see Jesse in an El Camino smashing it through a locked gate and just screaming because he has freedom. He, it's not only freedom from the gang, but he's also escaped Walter White. And that's where the thing ends. And I think Gilligan probably knew in his mind where it went, but he yeah. knew that a very cinematic ending is that. And so this is also where I'm going to play today. I get to be reductionist Todd. Okay, good. Because I think this is the single greatest, most beautifully executed post-credit scene that has ever existed in the history of post-credit scenes. Wow. And I, the reason I say that is I think post-credit scenes can be fun, but I, I, they're usually a toy where it's like, okay, well, that doesn't give me anything else because really, even though I think this is flawless and I enjoyed it mm -hmm. at the end of it, you there's nothing that's changed in your opinion of what Jesse was going to do you right. because I think it's constructed in the TV show that there's so much hope in that we're like oh my god Jesse's gotten away he's going to find some peace mm -hmm. and we the hope is as powerful as the truth of the story so at the end of it I sit there and I watch I went oh well hang on that's kind of where I envisioned Jesse would go anyway right so I think that, again, I think that Ben Skilligan probably had it in his mind that this is where it goes. Now, to your point, this man beautifully constructs the story because every time he comes upon a character, it does not feel like, oh, here's a, another right. force. Right. Um, it is it is beautifully flowing. And I don't, I don't want to tell each of the characters he comes upon because I do think that's half the fun of this right. experience. But every one, you're like, smart choice, smart choice, smart choice. Vince Gilligan is, man, he, he's tops of this of this type of uh, television what i what i really liked that he did as well was he mixed in right because he's telling the story and i think is as you're telling that story of what happened to jesse pinkman you're going to run into a situation where you can you can run out of 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 adventure mm -hmm. so he mixes in flashbacks into the story that explain more of why Jesse's doing right. Because immediately I'm thinking, get in a car and drive, yo. So he starts to, you know, try and get his bearings and everything. And he needs to go to this, this, you know, we see him not getting out of town. We see him starting to go to this apartment and right, right as I'm going, what? It goes to a flashback and then it had explained, oh, this is why he's going there. He's got to get this to go where he needs to. Um, so then th then a whole, and, and it, it, it's very, maybe this is the reason why it works so well for me. It's very episodic, the scenes in this movie. Because once he gets, you know, you see the flashback, you understand. And now there's this whole, you know, problem that he has to try and find these, these items so he can go where he needs to. And that in itself was, could have been, you know, an episode if it was just, you know, shot separately as far as what he's running into. Um, never felt like it was, it was, you know, forced or just absolutely crazy thought up. Um, 
I thought it was well done. The point where uh, the guys got him on on you know at the end of the gun and and pointing it right at Jesse's head and Jesse you know you can see for me when he says well go ahead and pull the trigger, you can see for me little uh, notes of Walter White coming through, and I think that was an, a, a nice. Um, a nice little flavor that was thrown in there where you can see he, he hates Walter White. You know, Walter White was this horrible person that did these horrible things, but he's also using some of the knowledge that Walter White has given him to get out of these situations and to survive, which I think is great. And then in the end, I think um, um, really kind of shows the difference between Jesse and Walter. I thought when, when there's the cut scene where Walter White says, you know, you asked me once if I was in the business of making money, I'm in the business of making empires. And I, it's been a while since I've seen Breaking Bad. And so it really did a good job of reminding you of his, you know, his downward fall into greed and, and, you know, not just trying to take care of his family by, by financially, but it really became an ego thing for him. And I think that's a wonderful allusion to, I don't know if you've ever heard how Vince Gilligan the, the evolution of Breaking Bad was it was out there and nobody wanted it because television was not going to tell a story like this that not only was going to, you know, be hardcore, but you had to watch every episode yeah. until things began to change when um, Lost became popular. Uh, eventually, Battlestar Galactica on Sci-Fi Network really kind of changed that too. And so pretty famously, uh, AMC calls up and says, we, we, we'd like to talk about this Breaking Bad thing. And he comes in and they, he said, I'm just going to tell you right up front, the way we're going to do this whole story is Mr. Chips, which if no one knows, that's a famous movie about a very noble teacher. It's almost like Dead Poet Society. Oh, wow. And he said, we're going to take Mr. Chips and we're going to turn him into Scarface. Mm. And I think when you start thinking of that, they took the most noble and turned him into the most heinous. Yeah. And the show across the board, it, that was what was masterful about the entire show was that it never lost that focus of that slow decline right. to becoming Scarface. So to remind of that, and I think to your point, I think that Jesse both hates and loves Walter White. Yeah. Because in many ways, Walter White is more of a father than his own father ever was to him. Right. You know, the, because being a parent, you give both the hard and the loving messages and Sometimes Walter's heart was, woo, it was bad. Yeah. But I think in that scene, I think you're absolutely right. I think you see Aaron Paul probably working directly with Vince Gilligan and them understanding Jesse has evolved and he's no longer just that stupid dopehead character he was in yeah. the first season. And I think that is what's beautiful about something like this is that they, they tap right back into where he is, not what he was. Right. And that's, that's where so many things like this go astray is when they just try to give you the, Oh, there's Jesse going, yo bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which Shelly, you know, Shelly's never watched breaking bad. And so I was <laughs> telling her about it last night and she said, did you get a yo bitch? And I, and I said, and I'm going to tell everybody you get one. Yeah. And it was, it was enough to make me giggle, but the good thing is, is it's not that character anymore. Right. And when I'm reductionist about this, Jeff, I don't want to be reductionist to the point. That I think it's bad. No, I just don't know that I think it's necessary. Right. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, in, in some of those scenes where they're, they're continuing to tell you more about Jesse and where he ends up. I think one of the main questions I had going into this was, can Jesse carry this on his own? Um, I'm forgetting the actor's name, Aaron Paul. Aaron. Yeah. If Aaron, can Aaron Paul do this? And boy, was that answered. And I think he definitely could. I never found myself 
needing Walter White to come in and kind of lead this this story. And I thought that they were going to do that kind of a Yoda or Obi-Wan Kenobi-ish way um, where you either hear his voice in a VOG or something telling him what to do. Um, but Aaron, Aaron Paul did it, man. I mean, now there is the, the slight tip of the cap when he showers and gets cleaned up and shaves his head. Um, there are times he looks, his profile looks uh, Walter White-ish. Um, but, you know, kudos to him. And kudos to, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember his name. And uh, Pop's sure, sure shouting it right now. The guy that played Walter White. Um, oh my, <laughs> Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. You know, I, I was so thinking you were going to reference somebody else that had their name <laughs> on the tip of my tongue, and I was like, <laughs> Brian yeah, Cranston, Brian. who was a very unselfish actor. Um, you know, you, you could have easily had anybody else that was, you know, me, 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 and wanted to be a, a bigger role. And of course, he was dead. But of course, you know, you can still write some flashback scenes or whatever and have him in there. But good, good job for Brian Cranston for for also just not playing that card so that you know, Jesse could really tell his story. And um, I think that if they, there, there is a scene with the two of them in it. And I think it's one of the most touching scenes uh, in the movie. Um, but, but kudos to everyone, not uh, putting their egos in check and letting him Aaron Paul run with this because boy, does he. And especially with some of the situation he gets into, I kept one, I kept, I kept feeling like they were going to throw some kind of cheesy screw up into it. But no, uh, Jesse's been around the block and he, he understands. He's learned. Yeah. He's learned and he knows, okay, I've got to throw these people off. I need to make sure I've got this covered. I got to have, you know, kind of backup. The scene where he goes to get the money from the from the guys at the welding place. I thought, I thought, what a tip of the cap to the old western. But oh, absolutely. A, but a new it, little twist on staging. it. Yeah. The staging of its Western hundred percent. Yeah. And it was, oh, it was great. It was, it was fantastic. And, uh, I never felt like there were any scenes that went on too long. Even that scene where you have the action, you have him kick out the other guys. And then the shot of him grabbing the duffel bag and getting back into his car was all perfectly timed. And it was, it was really good. So I don't know, maybe, maybe the fact that, that, Vince knew and had been writing all these episodes and, and continuing with better call Saul. He just seems to know how to one break down a scene two, just break down the elements to different uh, chapters, if you will, in the movie so that they move along, you know, at a very good pace. And, and he kept me, you know, I was on literally in my living room on the edge of my seat watching, you know, this happen. I think you can absolutely make the case for Vince Gilligan that he is perhaps the greatest showrunner of a single enterprise ever. And I, I say that because again, I mean, this, he gets, he cuts his teeth on X-Files. He was a co-producer, showrunner, yeah. writer. Um, they had that spinoff, the lone gunman, which did not do well, but you know, he was one of those. So he's, he's already been involved in big franchises, but he comes along and creates this. And then you start thinking, I, I was trying once again to get my wife last night interested in watching the show, but mm -hmm. for whatever defiant reason, she tells me she didn't want to. Okay. Um, and I told her, I said, it's the only show that I can say literally that there's only one episode. And that is, I am one of those that, that with the episode, the fly, I don't like that episode. I think it's yeah. needless. I think it's silly. Yeah. And as a side note, it's directed by Ryan Johnson, who also ruined the last Jedi. <laughs> I digress. Um, it is so flawless. And then you get to better call Saul, which in some ways I think might be a stronger show. 
as yeah. far as understanding its world. Right. And then you see this. Now, I want to go back to Aaron Paul. For for anyone that doesn't know, an interesting thing about the, the character Jesse is he was really only written to be in the first episode or first couple of episodes. That's right. But once they started seeing the interaction between Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston, they went, oh, we got something special. And real quick, Brian Cranston was picked for Breaking Bad because Vince was working on X-Files and there was an episode that Brian Cranston was in mm, that was I, a, was kind of a similar, it, it was, it was kind of a small role, but it was a guy, it was a character that had to show a little bit of depth and some, some, you know, confliction and everything. And I, I read that, um, that Vince was like, you know what? I want to work with this guy again. He's a good actor. And that's how they kind of found that out. Man, that's an understatement for Brian Cranston. I mean, there is, yeah. I don't know if there's a better actor out there, but I want to go back to oh, yeah. Paul. Sorry about that. You know, he, he gets kept on the show because of what he brings to that relationship. And to what you were talking about with the evolution of the Jesse character, I actually think, because this is not just, a, Breaking Bad was not just a show about Walter White. It was also about Jesse Pinkman. Yes. And I think that Jesse is as crucial, if not more, than Walter White because Jesse becomes the vessel with w which we as the viewer can go. That's me. Yeah. I, you know, all of us, very few of us actually egotistically think I am above everything else. Most of us only see our faults. We see right. our screw up. So we, we vi visualize internally that we we bungle through life while others may see something else. And Jesse is bungling along, but then he learns and he has compassion. And, and the thing is, is Jesse always has hope of more. Yeah. And so by the time now he's hardened and has learned, he's, hundred percent the hero of this story now. Yeah. And I think Aaron Paul, he is one of those actors. I, I do joke with my wife. I loved the yo bitch element of Jesse. Oh yeah. I, I would laugh my ass off every time you'd get a yo bitch. <laughs> but I, I, I love this version and I clamor for more Aaron Paul in the world. I know he's joining Westworld this year. Good. I know he's got some other work coming. I love that dude. Love him. Uh, you, you made me think about one, one of my favorite scenes in it again is when he goes to the vacuum store and, you know, won't leave. And the guy calls nine one one. And, and I, I just, I knew that where the scene was going, but where he does his, he gives us that yo. And he's like that, you know, you're, you can't, you're faking a nine one one call. And the way it was set up and subtly shot where he's saying that this character didn't call nine one one because he hung up because the nine one one makes you stay on the line. And, you know, he's not leaving. You better, you know, do what I need you to do. And then just ever so, and not, I mean, I, I almost want to say that, you know, 80% of directors out of there would have had the hearing the car screeching around the corner with, with the sirens blaring and then, you know, skidding in front of, no, no, no. This cop car just rolls in and stops and gets that, you know, and the cops get out while Jesse's like, you know, saying that the guy's full of shit. And, and I thought that was, Ooh, I said a bad word. Um, I thought that was just really well done because you knew what was going to happen, but it was treated with such respect and shot so well that it at least, you know, when, when the punchline landed, it was, it was still funny, you know? Well, and, and, and hats off not only to Vince Gilligan for directing it that way, because it's a single mm -hmm. shot and they, I can't recall if they cut back and forth occasionally to Robert Forster. They do. They point. do. Yeah, but you you get the single shot of Aaron Paul with the <laughs> doors, the glass doors framed over his shoulders, so you're constantly aware. And and the director's all but telling you Jesse yeah. is about to screw up. <laughs> 
And it's it's almost it's the one moment where we go, oh, there's that lovely, sweet doofus of a character we love. Yes. But the situation's still a little smarter than he is. So yes. I, I don't know. I, I loved that too. Jeff, yeah. I thought that was just a beautifully done scene. Okay. So obviously we both seen it. We both loved it. Um, any is Was there anything that struck you at some point that was, uh, or, or, you know, unnecessary as far as, I mean, were there wasted shots in this? Was there any time no. I was twiddling my thumbs? I, I can't think of any. No, that, you know, whenever I'm reductionist about this, I, I, I want to say it again. I'm only reductionist because I don't know that it's a necessary story. It's beautifully done. I want to also comment on and get ready, cue up your music because I'm going to talk about having a 4K projector. <clears throat> Are you ready? Okay. So it is. Oh, I do love it when the little <laughs> quintet comes in behind me. It is uh, amongst Netflix's offerings in 4K. Mm. Maybe the single most beautiful one they've ever done because there's a shot at the very first. And I, I really don't want to say who Jesse's talking to, but they're standing on a riverbank. And one of the shots, and you know, Vince Gilligan and, and the people that shot the show, I know it wasn't just one DP. So I don't know. I, I haven't looked that up. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that ignorance on who shot this one. That's all right. Um welcome, they, welcome to the, my world. <laughs> I'm going to scroll down right now and say Marshall Adams did it. I don't know anything about Marshall Adams, but let me get back to the shot. There is a shot where Jesse's talking to this person on a riverbank and they go low. The, the camera is, is basically on the top of the water and the water is rippling by. Mm -hmm. And then you see the sand up to where the, he and this other person are standing. It is stunning. Yeah. I mean, just the photography, the choice of a visual selection is one thing. Yeah. But the fact that we're streaming 4K video, streaming it, yeah, and it looks like that, oh my God. I, I literally had to rewind and go, oh my God. So if you've got a 4K TV out there, turn off the lights, watch it. It is, God, it's beautiful. And by the way, uh, Marshall Adams did shoot a number of Breaking Bad episodes, and he's also shot a number of Better Call Saul episodes. They, they were, and I don't, I don't have a 4K television or projector, but I do have to admit that, that not only do I remember that shot... But so for somebody that has spent a lot of time in Albuquerque and, and around there, and again, I'm from New Mexico, so I, I've seen that that beauty firsthand. He does such a great job of capturing it. The other thing I wanted to touch on real quick is one reason why Todd and I are so excited about streaming 4K is he and I worked together at, for a company back in the day where we the largest you could stream was 174. Or, or what, what was it? One. 174 oh yeah. by one something. Ooh, I thought I would never forget that. Very small ratio as far as a resolution. Uh, 174 by 176 or something like that. And we're talking about an, uh, <laughs> an 80K stream, um, which uh, 4K, I'm sure, is, is several megabits per second. So we're excited about that. I'll never forget one of the first events I streamed back in... 99 was a, um, a, a Moby concert. And, you know, we were set up in the venue there in Dallas and, and literally what you saw on the screen, first of all, the audio was horrible, but the video was just, it was a Moby concert. So it was like a flash of blue, then a flash of red, then a silhouette of a bald guy. It was, and I was just, I remember sitting there going like, who is at home right now listening and watching this? And boy, was I wrong. And I'm glad that we're, we're seeing 4k streams now. It's fantastic. Um, Absolutely. It's funny because you went there because that was my exact thought too. You know, when, <laughs> when we did what we did, I remember I, I joke with my kid all the time that 
holy crap, the first few times we ever even tried to stream video, it came out just simply you would get one image. Yeah, it was horrible. And then five seconds later, another image. Yeah. So the fact that we're now at that, that you're exactly right, Jeff. That's why my mind went to it. I was just like, holy crap, that was gorgeous. Um, when as far as and again, we're doing a semi spoiler uh, episode here is um, one thing I wanted to ask you and I want to get this going. I know you're on your way to the state fair, but I want to ask you this. So you take a series like Deadwood mm-hmm. and they did the same thing. They came out with Deadwood, the movie. And I thought that was horrible. I didn't like it. I felt like it was just like, and now bring on this. Hey, remember this guy? Hey, remember that person? Hey, remember this catchphrase? Remember <laughs> this person couldn't do that? Well, they still can't do that. I'm just, again, I'm going to, I'm going to pick your brain just to kind of look at, you know, like obviously maybe because Vince hasn't put it down for the period of time that Deadwood was, but I mean, I'm just marveled at the fact that they, it just didn't turn into that. Cause I was, I was scared that that's what it would be and talk about storytelling. They just, again, hit every note. So obviously what he's done has been very difficult to do. So my question to you is, I mean, can you think of any other television series that was on for a long time, came back and had a, a mini movie or anything like that that really continued i'm racking my brain i know battlestar galactic tried to do a few kind of things like that and i don't remember it being all that great well battlestar galactica had that second show called caprica which i yeah. really thought was pretty unfairly maligned okay you know, it was very slow right very slow but by the time it got to the heat it had already been canceled and they gave up on it when the heat started coming i was like here we go this i mean it was a right. great interesting show so i think some of that question has to go to the faith of networks because when you get to somebody uh ronald moore's a guy that ran battlestar galactica um when you get to somebody of that caliber yeah you got to give them some patience, give them some latitude. And I think that's the one good thing for Vince Gilligan that he's got. And I'm a little surprised to see this on Netflix, not AMC when AMC AMC still runs better call Saul. Mm -hmm. But AMC, I think also understands the only reason that that breaking bad became breaking bad was because of Netflix. Right. Um, It was flattering the first few seasons. And then all of a sudden the word got out and was one of the first binge shows. Yeah. 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 So, I think going back to your question, I think, Jeff, that's one of the reasons I said that I think uh, Vince Gilligan goes down as the godfather of showrunners. Yeah. Because this is such a rarity. And and I've not seen the Deadwood thing yet. I'm amongst the few people in the world that isn't as wild about Deadwood as other people were. Right. Um, And I still need to finish the show and I'll get there eventually. But I, this is a rare, rare type thing where somebody comes along and goes, I've got another story to tell. Yeah that is going to fit and it's going to work and, right. and you'll want to see it. I, I want to bring out one more person that I, I yeah, really yeah. throw uh, praise on. And that is Jesse Plemons who plays the character of Todd. And I don't pick that because it's my <laughs> same name, but Todd was the, a maniacal character in the show who was like the calmest, sweetest person in the world. They yeah. just never, you know, when you speak to him, he would just be very nonplussed and then he could kill people. Yeah. Jesse Plemons, oh my God, he was fantastic when he was recently in Fargo. He's wonderful here again. To me, of all the people that we do get to see, that is perhaps the one I was like, yes, right. I love Jesse Plemons. He's just, I hope we see him acting for the rest of his life out there in great roles like this. The he guy, is fantastic. The guy that thinks he looks like Matt uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> does he say that? No, 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 but he does. People think that's Matt Damon's brother. Oh, I, have, can, I can kind of see that he's married to Kirsten Dunst. Oh, is he? 
Yeah, they, oh. they met on the set of Fargo and oh. fell in love and married. And I think they have a kid now. And another thing, I know this has become quickly the, this is the greatest uh, television show movie ever done. Uh, so we'll just keep the love fest going. But another, another kudos that I wanted to throw out there that I had written down here is thank you, Vince. Thank you, production crew. Thank you, writers, for not using any of the footage in that original trailer that came out. That scene where they had, had Skinny sitting down. He's like, I don't know where Jesse Pinkman is. That's the way you do it, folks. You can just shoot a little extra scene that tells you all kind of what gets you all excited about going to see it, which is what a trailer is supposed to do. And then you don't use it in the film. And I'm just, I just was applauding because I kept waiting for that scene to come up and it never happened. So kudos well, there as well. The other one that had Jesse just sitting in the El Camino park and crying. Oh yeah, that's right. And you know, it, it those type of things. And you obviously shoot that during the production of the film. Right those elements almost add to it because it especially it's so evocative for those of us that love this TV show. We know who skinny is. We know what Jesse, why he's in that El Camino. And it says, this is something that takes place immediately after breaking bad ends. And it tells us everything I need to know. And I'm ready to watch it. Yeah. Really, really well done. And, and my last note is that the scene with um, Walter white and Jesse at the restaurant, you get a little bit more of, um, Jesse, the way he used to be, he's got himself that, that big salad. Walter's frustrated with him because he's, you know, he's looking at, at Jesse like he's an idiot. He asks him about, you know, like what he's going to do with the rest of his life. And, and, you know, Jesse like says something really complex and you can see Walter just be like, dude, there is no way you're going to be able to become like a, whatever it was, a scientist or something like that. Um, what I find funny in that too, is what kind of, non-disclosure agreements did they get every actor and production person to sign that said we can't say anything right that brian cranston comes back and shaves his head and blah 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 blah. yeah and how did they keep that under wraps because that doesn't look like a skull cap that they've just put no nope. stuff on that looks like a shaved head yeah. <laughs> how did they keep it under wraps because at, at the moment anybody would see brian cranston with shaved head they go walter white yeah yeah exactly it was it was a great scene and then of course uh, the last, I'm sorry, I know this is the last, last, the last, last thing I want to also say that I thought was really well done that was unexpected is that final scene uh, where he's driving and uh, he looks over and I was like confused for a moment. I'm like, who's that? And you get to see him kind of paying homage to the, to the one person that he loved, his girlfriend, that obviously we know those that have watched have know her fate. I thought that was, I thought that was nicely done as well. Final I, thoughts? And that that's exactly where I was left to, Jeff. I thought that, and it's one of the reasons I, when that came up, I went, oh, greatest, you know, post-credit scene ever. Because in my stupid little head, I had already kind of envisioned that when he's going away, that the ghosts of the people he loved are right there beside him. And I'd already had that. Yeah. Just going to carry these things, but he's going to be okay. Right. And I, I will say that if it... As I do reductionist, I also will say I love the fact that I 100% know, at least according to where this leads us, that Jesse's okay. Yeah. A little closure there. Any final yep. thoughts before That's we close it, it out and get you to the state fair? I got to go get I got to go get my clothes on and go eat me some fried food. All right. Well, have a good time at the uh, at the state fair. Thank you kind listener. We're giving you we're giving you 9 minutes back. We're going a little short this week. So, uh, have a good week. Um, make sure you get out, get some pop culture in your system. It'll be good for you. The other once again, happy birthday to Pop. And I'm so happy that Catherine has turned 
I'm still not doing it. Anyway, love you guys. Have a good week. We are The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio.